0: Meaningless thought. The shallop is strong, but the inside is right. It's time to be stirred. The time is now. The winds have changed. Read the signs, no time to hide. The winds have changed.
1: Millennia ago. From the little cave on the tiny island of Podmos in the Aegean Sea, the heavens opened. Since then, the world has been fascinated by the cosmic upheaval brewing on the horizon of history. The upheaval is now upon us. It is within us. To some degree, it always has been. But there has been a sudden and violent shift in the affairs of the world. The winds have changed. Heaven will not be silent. Let's now join Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and author of A Mother's Plea, For the Winds Have Changed. Together we can pave the way for a hopeful response to the signs of our times. Hey everybody, and welcome. Hi,
2: Christina.
0: Hi, Father. Welcome. I think Tony's Everyone. on his way. He's on I his way, stuck I in traffic. I see is
2: going to <laughs> open the door there. Uh, a uh, sudden shift in... Uh, the ways of the world or whatever, I, I, I don't remember the quote from that song, but uh, uh, I'll share this with you something we, had, we, we talked about uh, Tuesday, I believe and uh, it's, it, this, it, this is just gonna it, it, it's so t- t- the stuff that's going on today is so bizarre so weird so uh, diabolical let me just say diabolical, that that it, it, it makes one's one's head spin. Uh but we'll talk about that in a moment. We're gonna begin with prayer. And we're in this period of uh novena, the the nineties leading up to uh the feast of, of Pentecost, and boy do we ever need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our in our day, in our time, right? So let's pray. Hi, Tony. Hey, Father. Christina. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray for us sinners, sinners, now Now and at at the hour of our our death. death. Amen. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Mm. O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ, our Lord. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, the soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, have mercy mercy on us and, and on the ankle. whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. <cherry> for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us <Deadly> and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and, <pair myślę> <buffs> and on the whole world. For the, the like salt, the whole world. for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us
0: and on the whole world.
2: For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Holy, immortal one, have Have mercy mercy on us
0: and on on the whole world.
2: Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. O Holy Spirit, O oh God, we adore Thee, and acknowledge here in Thy Divine Presence that we are nothing and can do nothing without Thee. Come, great Paraclete, Thou Father of the poor, Thou Comforter of the best, fulfill the promise of our blessed Savior, who would not leave us orphans, and come into the mind and the hearts of Thy poor, unworthy creatures as thou didst descend on the sacred day of Pentecost on the Holy Mother of Jesus and on his first disciples. Grant that we may participate in those gifts which thou didst communicate to them so wonderfully and with so much mercy and generosity. Take from our hearts whatever is not pleasing to thee and make of them a worthy dwelling place for thyself. Illumine our minds that we may see and understand the things that are for our eternal good. Inflame our hearts with pure love, pure love of Thee, that we may be cleansed from the dross of of all inordinate attachments and that our whole lives may be hidden with Jesus in God. Strengthen our wills that we may be made conformable to Thy divine will and be guided by Thy holy inspirations aid us by thy grace to to practice the divine lessons of humility, poverty, obedience, and contempt of the world which Jesus taught us in his mortal life. O rend the heavens and come down, consoling spirit, that inspired and encouraged by thee, we may faithfully comply with the duties of our state, carry our daily crosses most patiently, and endeavor to accomplish the divine will with the utmost perfection. Spirit of love, spirit of purity, spirit of peace, sanctify our souls more and more, and give us that heavenly peace which the world cannot give. Bless our Holy Father, the Pope. Bless the Church. Bless our bishops and our priests, all religious orders and all the faithful, that they may be filled with the Spirit of Christ and labor earnestly for the spread of his kingdom. O Holy Spirit, thou giver of every good and perfect gift, grant us, we beseech thee, the intentions of this, these, these, these days of prayer as we await the feast of the of Pentecost. May thy will be done in us and through us. Mayest thou be praised and glorified forever. Endeavor. in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Okay, well, welcome everybody. I, you know, I, uh, we we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I, I I'm going to read this article to you. You know, this we talked about this the other day. Uh, remember, I mentioned about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. And they were going to be honored by the L.A. Dodgers.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and that Archbishop of uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco uh, challenged them, mm-hmm. and they rescinded, right? They pulled back. So let me just share with you this article. I just read it. Just read it. I, I just find it shocking. Um, even that. Even the way it's read. So. Uh, and you see here, there's a picture of a member of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence marches with LGBT, LGBTQ plus activists during the Los Angeles LGBT Center's Drag March LA, the march on, on Santa Monica Boulevard on Easter Sunday, <laughs> April Easter 9th. Sunday. Yeah. Mm. Tell me that that's not diabolical. It is. It is. is. It is. Okay, desecration. So, so this is the article um, issued today. Today's the twenty third, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Catholic leaders reacted with disgust Monday night after the Los Angeles Dodgers reinvited reinvited hmm. the sisters of, of perpetual indulgence to be an honoree at the team's LGBT plus pride night game on June sixteenth, despite the drag queens the the drag group's mockery of the Catholic faith. When did mocking Catholic nuns become america's pastime the catholic advocacy group uh catholic vote tweeted shamefully but not surprisingly the dodgers have been bullied into apologizing to and reinviting a group of anti-catholic big bigots tweeted senator Sen- senator mark rubio uh, of florida who wrote a letter to major league baseball commissioner robert manfred protesting the Dodgers' original invitation. Today our great country is controlled by socio-political ruling elites who don't just tolerate anti-Christian bigotry, they encourage it. Major League Baseball announced on, Monday, on, on May 4th that the Dodgers' plan to honor, to honor the Los Angeles chapter of the Sisters of per- Perpetual Indulgence a, gray, a gay and transgender advocacy advocacy group known for its provocative catholic-themed satire but the team reversed course on may 17th after complaints from catholic leaders and ad, adv, advocacy groups given the strong feelings the quote-unquote this given the strong feelings of people who have been offended by the who offended by the sisters inclusion in our evening and in an effort not to distract from the great benefits that we have seen over the years of Pride Night, we are deciding to remove them from this year's group of honorees, the Dodgers said at that time. The team's first reversal drew fierce criticism from the LGBTQ advocates, civil rights groups, and Los Angeles political leaders leading the team to reconsider its decision. In a Facebook post, the sisters, the sisters <laughs> said their abbess, which is a, like the mother superior, mm-hmm. sure. and a board member of the group met Monday morning with a Dodgers president and, and part owner Stan Kasten and LGBT plus community representatives and elected officials. A full apology and explanation was given to us by the Dodgers staff, which we accept. The group said, we believe the apology is sincere because the Dodgers have worked for 10 years with our community and they have asked us to continue an ongoing relationship with them. Later in the day, the Dodgers announced that they had re-invited the group to join other honorees at the team's Pride Night game against the San Francisco Giants. The Dodgers this, uh, I'm quoting here, the Dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, members of the LGBT plus community and their friends and families. The Dodgers said in a statement, we have asked the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to take their place on the field at our 10th annual LGBT plus pride night wow (laughs) what world are we living in yep I mean it it leaves you speechless doesn't it yes
0: what what it it, to the world now it this seems normal and it's It's abnormal it's it's everything that was Abnormal is normal. It's like... It's a, a the diabolical, diabolical disorientation. Right. When you say, yeah. were
1: well, you shocked? I, I just... Uh, this is like... This is so commonplace now. This mm-hmm. We realize why this is happening. But it, it's coming to the point where... The Dodgers sort of thought. <laughs> you know? It's like going back now and, and making a, a, a apology, which is good. You know, I, I don't... But I mean, didn't you think about this when you put something like this into action? Who... Who was thinking about this? What were they thinking? Are they thinking about just that group? Or it's about, again, we go back to the me, me, me. No
2: matter, if I think about myself, no matter who I hurt. I mean... What what does it say about the state of religion in America? Yeah. And, even, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 people can point to... Our fault, our, our failings, are, our, uh, you know where we we, we falter. Uh, we're again, we're, we're the church militant. We're in the battle. The church tri- triumphant is in heaven. But when you think of, uh, I, I, it, 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 it's it's. It, well, you know. Let me. I I I just have to go back to uh,
0: the Ooh. homily that I mm-hmm. gave on
2: ascension yeah. because. We really are in interesting times, and I don't know, but by the grace of God, or some manifestation of God's grace, uh, some kind of a, uh, an illumination like, uh, like St. Paul had. you uh, know, He was persecuting the Christians, and uh, Jesus blinded him, appeared to him, uh, blinded him, and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? and he said who are you and he said, i am jesus and uh... For, then paul was blind for three days as he comes to full conversion to christ and becomes a great uh, evangelist or the, the great apostle to the to the gentiles um, could that you know the, the, you hear people speak of the uh... the three days of darkness Um, where we are gonna have to take a good look at ourselves uh, look at our souls uh, and make a decision you know as Jesus said are you with me or are you against me Um, declare where you are if you're lukewarm I I spit you out of my mouth It, it just seems to me that we're in a place, a space in time that really does feel quite apocalyptic. Uh, there's a, another article that I read just uh, alongside this article. Majority of uh, of Americans seldom or never attend religious services. That doesn't surprise me. I, I think that's uh, uh, that's kind of a given. But le- but let me just go back to. Uh, the homily on Sunday, you know that as we celebrated the Feast of the Ascension of our Lord into heaven, uh, perhaps today in this time we feel as if the Lord has truly left us. Many are confused, disoriented, full of doubt. On one hand, some, like the befuddled disciples in the gospel, looking into the sky, having witnessed the Lord taken from their sight. There are those. Others may have their heads in the sand, oblivious to the gravity of the crisis enveloping the world. But still others deny any crisis, perhaps flying high in cyberspace or taking orders from artificial intelligence or being indoctrinated by the sisters of perpetual indulgence. The nation is deeply divided over conflicting political and moral ideologies. Intentions are reaching a breaking point. And the church, the church, the last bastion of truth and faith and morals, seems to unravel before our very eyes. So much of what we believe to be true and beautiful is thrown up for grabs and we are being tossed into the world's cesspool of superficiality and subjectivity with few to defend us and few to whom we can turn. Those who struggle to avoid a rupture with pre-Vatican and the post-Vatican Church feel orphaned, often maligned for holding to what has been time-tried and tested. And as keeping with the deposit of faith, it would be disingenuous, disingenuous to deny this. Ecclesial communities, that is, the Protestant denominations, have already been ravaged by post Christian modernity and their choice for a more humanistic approach to religion as opposed to adherence to the full council. Of God, which by the way, these are the readings that we're reading yeah, today and tomorrow in sacred scripture at the masses. I'll, go, I'll come to that in a moment. The elite talk down to us as though we were children. They tell us to embrace the new brotherhood and sisterhood of humanity where distinctions are obliterated and the gods, with a little g, equalize. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, fully revealed to us in Jesus Christ, is rendered lip service at best and completely relegated to antiquity at worst. On the day of the Ascension of our Lord, the angels told the disciples, this Jesus who was taken into heaven will return in the same way as you saw him leave. So one wonders, is the day of his return approaching? Are we coming to the end of time? And the single answer is yes. Because every day done is a day closer to the return of the King. Every Holy Mass offered is offered in anticipation of His coming. In the meantime, the Lord is with us. He promised He would not leave us orphans, but why does He seem so distant, so far away? And and I'm going to say, you know, is it God who is distant or we who are distant? St. Paul reminds us in his letter to to the Ephesians, the Lord on one hand is indeed far away. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, far above every principality, authority, power, and dominion, and all things are beneath his feet. On the other hand, the Father has given him as head of the church, which is his body, and that body is broken. That body, the church militant in the battle, is broken. That body has been infiltrated. That body is now seemingly easily deceived, but the body is still his body and Jesus is still its head. Now, Jesus said of this body, and this is, you know, think about this. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith, or rather hearts, that have gone cold? We must awaken to reality. Sacred, sacred Scripture teaches, to, teaches reveals to us, and the Church teaches, and I, I just find this a fascinating quote taken right from the Catechism of the Catholic Church extrapolated from Sacred Scripture, that before Christ's second coming, the Church must pass to a final trial that will shake the faith Of many believers. The Pilgrim Church will be persecuted from without and from within. The persecution will unveil the mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception, offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy, apostasy from the truth, that is, going away from the truth The supreme religious deception is is that of the Antichrist, a pseudo-messianism by which, and, and, and this is a very important point, by which man glorifies himself in place of God. The church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover when she will follow the Lord in his death and resurrection. The kingdom will be fulfilled not by a historical triumph of the church to a progressive ascendancy but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil which will cause his bride to come down from heaven. So I've just quoted from the Catechism of the Catholic Church extrapolating from sacred scripture. Who is the bride to come down from heaven. It is the church triumphant under the reign of Christ the King. In the meantime for our part we keep faith and heed the words of Jesus as we read or heard in the gospel on Sunday. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. So, whom do we go? Who should we believe? In whom do we place our trust? Especially when we know that the church is infiltrated. Who do we go? To whom do we go? In a word. Or two words. Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus. And it's true, he calls us children, but he speaks to us, unlike the elites of the world, he speaks to us as adults. We cannot, we must not underestimate the power within us to confound the wise of this world. It's the power of His Spirit. We have to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and be awakened to the truth that Jesus holds every principality, authority, power, and dominion under His feet. He will have the last word. He is the cause of our hope, our safety, our sanity, our strength, and our salvation he promised the gates of hell shall not prevail and he is true to his word and so so, so what shall we do you know we we need to have one foot in the reality of the times in which we live and the other foot in the kingdom yet to be fully realized but has been revealed Uh, another way to say this is to fight the good fight Stay the course, holding to the non-negotiables handed down to us from Christ immemorial and the apostolic tradition while we keep our eyes on the church triumphant, those in heaven who intercede on our behalf as we struggle to maintain faith in the exile. Pray. We've got to pray in the family. Always in the company of the Blessed Virgin Mary, because of the apostles, befuddled and disoriented at the Ascension of Jesus, they, uh, they they went into prayer with Mary in the company of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God, and they prayed for the nine days until finally the Spirit is conferred upon the disciples and the mission begins, and for many under their death, under their own death. They rather chose death and deny Jesus. We got to gather our friends and family members and dedicate. I say, you know, at least uh, a night a week to pray together. Our, our doors are open twenty-four-seven, really. You know, um, we have mass every day, every night at seven o'clock. We pray the chaplet afterwards, the rosary. Gather together, pray. The Rosary—that's what Our Lady asked us to do. pray? Pray for conversion, for peace. It's—it's it's, it's amazing, you know, that even um, this commission has been formed in in the Vatican to uh, to study the apparitions and uh, some of the leading members. Uh, the, the head of this commission—I forgot his name—but. Uh, said so that it, you know, if, if, the Blessed, if the Blessed Virgin Mary says in the Apparition that you know, people are going to hell um, or that God is going to chastise or punish, then, then this is all false. So what, from what scripture are they reading? The church loses all relevancy if you can just do anything you want and there's no consequences. I mean, God's greatest attribute is mercy. His love is incomprehensible, but we are held to a high standard. And, and didn't he say in, in the Sermon on the Mount, he began with the Beatitudes and then he said, don't think that I've come to take away the commandments of God. None of the commandments are to be dispensed with. Don't even take, a, he says, don't, don't even take away a period or a comma or a colon. They're binding on all people for all time and he even calls us beyond the commandments to a life of high virtue. I, I, I mean, as, as God says of Himself, we've we mentioned it many times here on the radio, He's, he, he says, I am a demanding God. He's not permissive. He. Gives us the law because he knows we have an aversion for discipline. And we have these natural inclinations. And so we have to be kept in check and carry each other through this battleground. You know, is, what, what's interesting is, and we'll take a break, but we just had confirmation. We had 72 confirmandi. And uh, I've, I've probably brought this up before, but, uh, you know, it used to be when you were confirmed, you were kind of slapped across the face by the bishop. He would, would just tap you, you know. It was a, kind of a symbolic gesture of, uh, are, you, are you ready for the fight, right? Are you ready for the battle? Uh, I remember as a, a young seminarian, uh, you know, all that language was uh, done away with. You know, we don't want to talk about battle. We don't want to talk about warfare. Um, uh, We're we're not going to call ourselves soldiers of Christ. Where has that brought us? Because then then everything, it loses relevancy because we're denying a reality, and that reality is that evil is ever-present. And that there are forces, powers, and principalities. You know, j- just as you know, Jesus was, was silenced. Silenced. So too, well, 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 I, I, actually, I kind of I, I think I end the. Um, the I ended the homily. Uh, you know, that we we look at each other, speak to each other about the gospel mandate to keep the faith and save ourselves from this corrupt generation while giving witness to truth in the power of humility and docility against the mobs. Isn't that the mob? Yeah. Mocking us, mocking women whose lives are consecrated to Christ? I mean, many of the religious communities have destroyed themselves from within. We know that. Again, the infiltration. The mobs who want to aggressively silence us as they attempted to silence Christ and silence the prophets who preceded him and the saints who followed him. If we don't awaken to that reality that we are in a battle and again you know the power of the God, of God's Spirit in humility and docility this is not uh, not a call to arms but it's it, it's it's a call to truth to live in the truth of God's Spirit as it were to allow Jesus to reproduce his life in us to be as as Jesus said the the salt the leaven, the light, and the darkness. It, 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 I mean, things are, are really beyond bizarre, beyond bizarre, don't you think?
0: Very much. You know, Tony, you had mentioned about the, uh, what were they thinking, why mm-hmm. did they, they're always bashing the church, yet they will never bash other religions because they won't stand for it and it's finally somebody we have to stand up for our for the faith.
2: It's amazing when you say that because it's uh, so true and I I I don't know if we were talking about this on the radio but uh, when parents went and before school board uh, many school boards were there Uh, I I was talking, Sylvia was just telling me that there's a high school where um, they had uh, the day where the boys Came dressed as girls, and the girls came dressed as boys, uh, and uh, at a high school, I, I don't know where it was. She wasn't. She said she was, gonna, uh, she was reading about it, um, but the uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um,
1: Other religions.
2: Yeah. So, so the the parents who uh, protest before the school boards, because this is happening all over the place. You know the. The drag queen shows uh, storytelling or whatever um, and and I saw actually the video and we we, we had talked about this of uh, and it was probably one maybe one of these sisters uh, uh, of perpetual indulgence, but uh it was a children's uh, storybook hour, mm-hmm. the drag queen dressed as a as a, a nun in a full habit and actually strips herself of the habit and then the kids wow. are actually uh, take and put money into. Anyway, um, you, you can just. It, it, this is. These are children. These are children. And yeah. but the stuff that they're teaching, the stuff that they're putting. I know we talk about this a lot, but I, but I hear it. You know, in, in other places too, they're all talking about it because it just. It's 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 so. It, this is this is abuse. This is child abuse. Yeah. This is toying with the psychosexual development of our young people, and uh, our children, and uh, the. Uh, but so the people protest, and they and, and and even the books that they have in the schools are very graphic, in word as well as in mm-hmm. in, in pictures. diagrams, pictures, or mm-hmm. photos, or I don't know if it's photos, but it's diagrams or oh, whatever. I've nice. never I haven't seen any of the but but they, but they. But they uh, I've I've heard them read some of the stuff, and I'm saying it's shocking. And even the school board says, you know, they won't won't permit the parents to read from the book, yeah. but yet they they, they they provide those books for these children. But when the Muslims went, mm-hmm. the men, mm-hmm. uh, to protest, they backed off. Mm-hmm. The school board backed off. They they, uh, they 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 rescinded. You know, so it's to your point. You know, but uh, what other? Uh, I, I, I mean, th- this is to be expected, I guess. You know, uh, we're not in uh, Kansas anymore. <laughs> you know, it's uh, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus, when He said, "You know, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, if on, uh, on account of my name you're gonna be hated, uh, you're gonna be at enmity with the world. Uh, if you belong to me, the world will not accept you as its own." Uh, again his parting words his last words we just had it uh, I believe yesterday in the in the gospel at mass uh, in fact I, I, we did it was uh, the final words in his in his farewell discourse and today we have the beginning of his high priestly prayer and he said in this world you're going to have trouble but have be, be courageous and be at peace because I've conquered the world uh, I mean enough of this uh, the the hippie church or the uh, the uh, Church of Nice. The Church of Nice, we've got the, <laughs> yeah, we, again, docility and humility, yeah. but acting under the Lordship of Christ Jesus, imbued with the Spirit of God in defense of what is true, what is beautiful, what is good, in the face of those who truly hate God, It's Because it's a way of saying uh, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence by way of example, we will not serve, not will we not only not serve, but we will in your face mock you. It's a blasphemy. It's a mockery. And of course, you know, in doing so, his body is persecuted. And who is that body but those of us who are still staying in the course because in this other article that i was reading about the uh... uh... the majority of americans uh, seldom or never attend religious services it, it's uh, what, what was it was thirty seven percent one-third of those who exited, ex, exited a religion identified themselves as former catholics former catholics so we are uh... you know when jesus says when the, when the son of man comes whether it be faith or rather hearts that are cold um... those hearts are getting cold but you know, uh... we need an outpouring of the holy spirit and there are good signs mm-hmm. there are good signs we'll take a break we'll come back and i'll tell you a little bit about that uh... something really quite interesting that happened in missouri which is uh... uh, well, uh, uh, uh is it a,
0: Sign of hope. a miracle? it's it,
2: I mean, it's. It, 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 I, we'll come back. It's about. Well, I'll tell you before we uh, take the break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Um, an African American nun who founded in nineteen ninety five. I mean, uh, yes, I, I, was, I believe it was nineteen ninety five. I'll, I'll share. I'll get the the numbers right in a moment. Founded a religious community of Benedictine sisters. She left her. Religious order, she was an oblate of Mary. African American founded this new community. They're uh, famous for their Gregorian chant, and there's uh, protection safeguarding the sacred, the sacred liturgy. Uh, I believe uh, they do the extraordinary form of the mass. So she died four years ago. She died four years ago in Missouri. Um, she started the community at the age of 70. Uh, have you heard of these sisters, uh, the, these Benedictine sisters? I've, I've I've seen their their music, their the Gregorian chant. It was it. It, it, it was a oh, I huge think I've success. Seen them. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. So
2: she, she's Beautiful. the founder of that community. Oh, okay. So she died four years ago. Was buried not was not embalmed, uh, and they wanted to move as as they do often with uh, founders and foundresses of religious communities, move her uh, body into the chapel, and as they uh, were uncovering the uh, the grave, the the coffin was open. It was cracked, so there was all you can imagine the uh, water and, and the, the, the mold. Mm-hmm. But the body was totally incorrupt. Wow!
0: wow. Totally wow. incorrupt,
2: and even to the point that they have pictures of it. And and, and right now, this is only this only happened in the last uh, maybe four days, four or five days. Uh, but the the body is right now uh, lying in state in the church. And he, I mean, just oh, the body is there. They did put um, some wax over her face and her hands, uh, but the habit, everything is it's intact. intact. Wow. Uh, it's an interesting sign, mm-hmm. an interesting sign, I think. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll be right back, everybody. Don't go away on Father Anthony. when's Windsor change on my name' 750, WNDZ. Father Thomas Loya invites you to an experience of a lifetime.
1: Join him, along with Father Andrew Somerset and Laura Irachi for a Byzantine Catholic retreat and pilgrimage to Guadalupe, Mexico. Saturday through Saturday, this April the 20th through the 27th. In honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe, this retreat and pilgrimage to Guadalupe, Mexico, is designed to offer you an experience of culture and faith, as well as moments for personal and community prayer in the Byzantine Catholic tradition. There you will be able to venerate the miraculous image of Our Lady's image on Blessed Juan Diego's Tilma. For complete information and to register for the Byzantine Catholic Retreat and Pilgrimage to Guadalupe, Mexico, Saturday through Saturday, this April 20th through the 27th, visit the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com.
2: I'm Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Costco, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and you are listening to The Winds of Change. How long has it been since you have been to church? Busy schedule, work, or just lost interest?
1: To be Catholic is not just merely attending Mass as just another weekend activity to be checked off the
2: to-do list. Participation in the sacred liturgy gives you the opportunity to be intimately connected to Christ through the Holy Eucharist. You can also cleanse yourself of sin through the Sacrament of Reconciliation as a baptized Catholic. Come before the iconic monstrance to be in Christ's presence in the sacred silence of the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy, St. Stanislaus Koska Church. It is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. St. Stan's is just off the Kennedy, two blocks north of Division on Noble. Come back to Christ through the sacred liturgy and his gift of the sacraments at St. Stan's.
1: St. Stanislaus Koska, The Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy is open 24 hours a day, seven days per week, for adoration of the Blessed Sacrament in the iconic monstrance. The Blessed Sacrament is reposed during the celebration of Mass and during special events. St. Stan's doors are always open for adoration. Come anytime, day or night. St. Stan's is located two blocks north of Division on Noble, right off the Kennedy visit ststandschurch.org. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more, providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststandschicago.org.
2: ststandschicago.org. Welcome back. I'm Father Anthony. Winds a change with uh, Tony and Christina Nick, T N T C. So yes, uh, this is uh, the body of a Benedictine, the Benedictine Sisters Foundress, uh, uh, thought to be in Corrupt. Uh, I've seen the pictures and all that, and it's really quite interesting. But, uh, so hundreds of pilgrims have are, are descended on a Benedictine monastery in, uh, for religious sisters, real mm-hmm. sisters, in uh, Missouri in recent days after news began to spread on social media last week it was last week about the recently exhumed, ex- exhumed remains of the contemplative orders African-American foundress appear to be incorrupt four years after her death and burial in a simple wooden coffin. Um, her, uh, Sister William, uh, Wilhelmina Lancaster founded the benedictine sisters of mary queen of the apostles best known for their chart, topping gregorian chant and classic catholic hymn al- albums she founded the community in nineteen ninety five at the age of seventy leaving the oblate sisters of Pro- providence i'm sorry the oblate sisters of providence her community for over fifty years to do so uh, this is very interesting known for her devotion to the traditional latin mass and her faithfulness to Benedictine contemplation and the liturgy of the hour, she died at age 95 on May 29, 2019, on the solemnity of the Ascension. On the, I didn't really Oh, <laughs> can I read this very quick, and uh, roughly four years later, on the solemnity of the Ascension in the Latin Rite, which, which would have been uh, Thursday, the abbess and sisters decided to move her body to a final resting place inside their monastery chapel. Which, as I said, was is a long standing custom for founders and foundresses. Expecting to find bones, the Benedictine sisters instead unearthed a coffin with an apparently intact body, even though the body was not embalmed, and the wooden coffin had a crack down the middle that let in moisture and dirt for an unknown length of time during those four years. Um Mother Cecilia says we think she is the first African American woman to found to be found incorrupt. Um, so as as head of the monastery, Mother Cecilia now, it was her role to examine what was in the co- what was in the coffin first. The body was covered in a layer of mold, that had grown, due to the to, to the high levels of condensation within the cracked coffin, despite the dampness little of her body and nothing of her habit disintegrated during the four years. And of course the shock was instant for the community who had gathered to exhume her. Uh, I thought I saw a completely full intact foot and I said I didn't just see that. So I looked again more carefully after she looked again she screamed aloud I see her foot and the community, she said, just cheered. I mean, there was, this, there was just this sense that the Lord was doing this. Right now we need hope. We need it. Our Lord knows that. And she was such a testament to hope and faith and trust. So the Catholic Church has a long-standing tradition of so-called incorruptible saints, more than a hundred of whom have been beatified or canonized. The saints are also are, are called incorruptible because years after their death, parts or even the entirety of their bodies are immune to the natural process of decay. Even with modern embalming techniques, bodies are subject to natural processes of decomposition. She wasn't embalmed. According to Catholic tradition, incorruptible saints give witness to the truth of the resurrection of the body and the life that is to come. The lack of decay is also seen as a sign of holiness, a life of grace lived so closely to Christ that sin with its corruption does not proceed in typical fashion, but is miraculously held at bay. So rumors of a flood cracking open the the grave, and the sisters examining the coffin by flashlight in the middle of the night are highly exaggerated, the abbess told the... uh, uh, this ACI group, whatever that is, I had to have a. I had to have the flashlight because you can, you you can't really see in a dark crack even with the sunshine. I thought I saw, I, I thought I saw a foot, but I just paused because you know it's not every day you look into a coffin. She <laughs> said, uh, so there's a kind of a sense of a little bit of hesitation. What am I gonna see? mindful of the crack and the dirt in the coffin the sisters carefully removed the body the skeletal remains should have weighed about twenty pounds instead the sisters were lifting what they estimated to be a body weighing between eighty to ninety pounds Ah, let's see not only was her body in a remarkable preserved condition her crown and bouquet of flowers were dried in place the profession candle with the ribbon, her crucifix, and rosary were all intact. Even more remarkable was the complete preservation of her holy habit made from natural fibers, for which she fought so vigorously throughout her religious life. The, uh, the synthetic veil was, was perfectly intact while the lining of the coffin, made of similar material, was completely deteriorated and gone. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> you go. Wow. stressed that the preservation of the habit is a large part of what she sees as miraculous because the habit is a beautiful sign that this life is not all there is. People see us and it's like, oh, she's a sister, Oh, she's wearing that because she's giving her life. She believes in God. Maybe I should think about God. She said, noting that the habit is a sign of the things to come of the supernatural and of our last end, heaven, hell, purgatory. This is not possible, she said of the sister's incorruptible body. God is real. He protected that body and that habit to enkindle our faith, to rekindle it, to bring people back to faith. It's very interesting. So what they did is... uh, uh, (laughs) You can't Google what to do with an incorrupt body. (laughs) So we started with the basics, just cleaning her with hot water because... Uh, clean, cl- clean to her face was basically a mask of thick mold. And, they, you know, as they cleaned it, because I've seen pictures of it, that mm-hmm. she's, you, it's, her face and her hands are perfectly... Uh, Intact. Wow. Yeah, just, you know. So this, the, oh, she just said this process, was well, uh, as well as exposure to the air, caused the body to lose some, but not all of its volume. And as a result, a darkening of the skin also took place. Uh, for the time being, the sisters have uh, crafted a, a, a wax mask for Sister's face. Uh, and, the, and the body will be laid out in the Sister's chapel until May 29th when the sisters plan a rosary procession. After the procession, her body will be encased in glass near the altar of St. Joseph in the chapel in order to welcome her growing number of devotees, according to the Sister's fact cheat. It's very interesting. But the body's just laying there. It's just, you know, wow. they got pictures of people, actually kids, children, touching her body. You know, it's not even encased. It's not even in it. It's, it's exposed.
0: Wow. See, that so what does that say? It defies huh? everything. The divine.
2: Ah, uh, well. Um... People respond. Uh, she, I, I know this happens a, a lot in Europe through the church, but it is just something I wanted to be at that people are talking about. Uh, there's so much chaos and darkness in the world. I think God is giving us and little graces to remind us of what is to come and what is waiting for us. Uh, another one we love our faith. It just seemed unreal to come and see and be with and touch a sister who is incorruptible. What a blessing to have this opportunity and for our kids to see and witness this as well. Uh, a nine-year-old uh, said she was just amazed. Uh, they knelt for a long time and just prayed. It's still giving me chills. Everything we practice in our daily life, we can come here and just feel it and see it. Another one, it was, a, a, it was miraculous to see her body in perfect condition after her body was in a grave for close to four years. Another one, in a world right now that's really struggling with so many false gods, we are seeing glimpses of evidence that God is here. Those of us who are faithful don't need evidence, but when we see evidence, we know it. You don't see this very often. Anyway, it's, uh, and here too, it's, 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 it's believable and unbelievable at the same time. Her being a traditional nun in this time when it is persecuted, <laughs> we wanted to be present for, for that and ask for her intercession in the church since she probably has some great intercessory powers for us, our family, our vocation. So through the eyes of her Catholic faith, the abbess sees in the preservation of Sister Wilhelmina's body that same message, heaven is real, the resurrection is real, especially during these times in the church and in the world. Have hope. God is still there. He still hears our prayers. He still listens. He still loves us. Very interesting. Very interesting, you know, what a, what a contrast to the uh, Sisters of Perpetual <laughs> yeah. Indulgence. Yeah. You know, but, but also, you know, what's, what I find fascinating, and we didn't get into these readings, but work, we'll come back cause tomorrow where it's, it's a continuation of these readings that are really where Paul says, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not holding from you the full counsel of God, uh, but he says to the priest in Ephesus, you know, uh, uh, just, no, I, I live with a clean conscience but just know that the wolves are coming from what without they're going to come from within you from within you um to lead people astray away and boy do we not see that now happening in a a really big way but uh but but it is uh it it's it's interesting to me that when traditional catholicism is being suppressed by by traditional, I mean uh, the traditional worship. Because she she was they, they did the extraordinary extraordinary form. We do the Novus Ordo. Uh, we tried to do it with great reverence and all that. But uh, but that, that this would happen at this time, it you know it just makes you wonder, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe not wonder, maybe know what message is being conveyed uh... to those who seek to suppress what is central to our faith the holy sacrifice uh, of the of the mass belief in the real presence of jesus in the blessed sacrament uh, again the emphasis on the holy sacrifice and we offer our lives a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god our spiritual worship interesting times my friends for sure Uh, Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Peace. Amen. job.